if you would be so kind as to follow along with me. Uh, today I'm going to be a little um, expositional, meaning that we're going to go through the text and discover and, and dig out some jewels and some archaeological stuff as we go in there. Um, but let us read and, and listen to and for the word of the Lord as it is found in the first epistle of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 19. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who, love, who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is not for the fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. The word of the Lord. In this season of Easter that we are uh, uh, speaking of, of the family of God, uh, I, and I like to celebrate Easter. Somebody, I think it was Shirley, that came on Tuesday and said, why is the cross still out there with a white thing? Right, Shirley? 
yeah. And, and, oh, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> and and uh, she's she my girl. We, we know that. And, 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 and I said, well, because we're celebrating the whole season of Easter. Easter is not just one day. Easter is, according to our Christian calendar, our Reformed Christian calendar, is from the day of the resurrection all the way through the ascension, which is Thursday ascension. And then that's 40 days. And then we have 10 days before the, between uh, the ascension of the Lord and the coming of the Spirit, which is Pentecost. So on May 24th, we will be celebrating Pentecost, and obviously the decorations will change <laughs> because we will be illustrating the power and all the symbols with the Holy Spirit. But we began this season teaching and talking about how in the, in the resurrection, we are actually given the perfect key to be part of the family of God. Think about that. It is through the power of the resurrection that Jesus Christ makes us all part of the family of God. If in the cross he forgave and forgot all of our sins and imperfections, in the, in the resurrection he brings us together to be part of one holy family. Today, look around you. We may be 70 or maybe 70-something around here today, but in reality, we are billions together. In the reality of realities of the spiritual reality, we have gathered this hour with the billions of believers that have lived throughout the centuries, the ages, in all nations, from all tongues that we don't even know about, who are worshiping God in eternity. And this hour, we join them in that experience. So we're not alone here. Make room. There's about a billion wanting to come in. But that means that we are part of the family of God. Not a family that is done by the DNA, but a family that is modeled after how God relates with us. And last Sunday, we spoke about the vertical relationship that once we begin to learn to relate to God, to love God, to listen to God, to be forgiven by God, to be given hope, to be given faith, to experience the life of God, that information, that experience spills over into our horizontal relationships. Those people that we were not used to love, that we were not going to love, if we spend time in the love of God, those chains are taken down. Those barriers are dissolved because it is God's love through us. In Sunday school this morning, we were talking about the Samaritan woman and how there is Jesus coming to her revealing himself to her as the Messiah, and she's just throwing everything that she can find in her purse to not hang out with Jesus, not to accept what Jesus was actually doing. Jesus was expressing full unconditional acceptance, and she was giving Jesus all the excuses not to do that. You are a Jew. I'm a woman. I'm a Samaritan. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to, she said. And Jesus said, that, that's all you got? Bring it on. He's not afraid. When he says he has forgiven and made you part of the family of God, that's exactly what has happened. You are part of the family of God, and we learn to be family with one another as we learn from God, our Father, and our parents. We learn how to treat one another when we see how Jesus treats 
others and us. We learn how to love ourselves when we see how much Jesus and God loves us, and then that can spill over to others. So our vertical relationship with God informs, equips, and transforms our horizontal experience here in the world. Today, however, I want to talk about the idea of love. Because, you see, love is such a yucky word in the sense that it's so corrupted, misused. That's what I mean. Every commercial has the word love because you're going to love this car. You're going to love this food. You're going to love this place. You're going to love that apartment. Yeah. You're going to fall in love with a car. Okay. And therefore, the word is corrupted. I asked a young person, what was love? And I couldn't believe the answer, so I asked a second one, and I got the same answer. And I asked a third one, and I got the same answer. And I became concerned because the answer is the following. According to some younger people today, um, they understand love to be a physical attraction. That's it. That's what I see dogs and animals doing. I don't call that love. I call that reproduction. But, but unfortunately, a concept that is the essence, the nature of who God is, is not understood by many of us. So in this text, John is actually explaining to the believers around the churches in, in, in throughout Asia, Maynard, and wherever they were getting these letters, what is love? What is it like? How to live in it and how to share it. So look in, uh, listen to what John says at the beginning. Dear friends, uh, by the way, that's not the word he uses in Greek. I, I like the word he uses in Greek because he's, uh, he says, my little brethren. In the Greek is agapito. Can you say that, agapito? Yeah, my little brethren. Now notice the root, agape. Love, my beloved ones. That's what he translates in some versions. My beloved, my agapitos, let us continue to love. And and in verses 7 to 10, if you look in in your page, in verses 7 to 10, we have what is love. And the text, verse 10, tells us this is real love. Now we're going to get the definition. First of all, it tells us that God is love. Then it tells us this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I remember when I married the first time and the second time, by the way, with the same lady, as later details, <laughs> there was love. But then love got complicated. And that first morning, she's a nurse, she gets to work at 7 o'clock in the morning, and by 5 o'clock in the morning, all the lights were on, the radio TV was on, everything was alive in the house. And I said, what's this? So we had to come to an agreement. Her stuff is in the other room. Then came the kids. And our selfish love of couple that you're now enjoying kind of, you know, after all of kicking them out. You know, no time for us. It's all for who? The kids. You remember that? Those of you, get ready. 
And guess what? Do you do it voluntarily? Do you do it with a smile? I got to get up in the morning and take these kids to school every single morning. We actually send the grandparents now. I hear it. This is love. This is real love. That God sent his son as a sacrifice. People, real love is sacrificial. If it's not sacrificial, it's fun, it's liking, but it doesn't transfer over to real love because it doesn't cost anything. Real love is, is costly, it's sacrificial. It did cost God his own son. This is love. It is planned, it is committed, and it is inconvenient. Am I alone? We're gone. I didn't like this. Let me repeat it again. This love is planned, is committed, is sacrificial, is costly, and is inconvenient. It's sacrificial because it forces us to get beyond ourselves. It's sacrificial because it forces us with our insecurities and our fears. And we hide and protect those. It's expressed, it's showed for benefits, for restoration. And it tells us that God is no longer angry with us. This is real love. In verses 11 through 13, the writer is going to show us love like this. He has shown us what is love. Now he's going to show us to love like this. He says, Agapitos, my beloved one, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Ah, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. If we begin with loving and accepting, not rejecting, we begin to see God in others and they see God in us. And what does that bring? Unity and harmony. No one has ever seen God. God lives in us and his love is brought in full expression to us. So not only is this love sacrificial, it's costly and inconvenient, this love is by faith. As if towards God. It's difficult to love Chip. That's a safe one that I picked, obviously. But in Jesus Christ... It's easier to love Chip. You see, because I, I can find a lot of things that I can reject from him and him from me. I, I can find a lot of things to reject from him. First of all, he doesn't look like I look. Then he tell me he want to be what? Then he tell me somebody in his family is kind of Puerto Rican. But you know, that stuff is insignificant. When I begin to see Jesus in him, when I begin to see his joy for the Lord, when I begin to see his sacrifice, you know this guy every once in a while, he burns a lot of meat, does a barbecue, and guess who goes? 
to eat all that wonderful ribs and best stuff. The homeless from his neighborhood. I've been there. Barbecue man. With the people that nobody wants. We're there. Sacrificial. Inconvenience. Risky to others. Love like that. That's what Jesus is saying, the apostle. Love like that. Love, sacrificial, inconvenient. And love is powerful. It says, you know, and God has given us his spirit as a proof that we live in him and he is in us. So this inability to love us, one another, for whatever reason, is no excuse because the spirit of God enables us, empowers us to love like that. Then, fourthly, live like Live in love. How many of you live in love? No, we don't. We live in fear. I'm serious. You see, this love grows. It matures. It expands. What is difficult in loving at the beginning, it becomes easier because you begin to see them and to know them. This love is free from rejection. Ultimately, I was sharing in Sunday school that the biggest fear that all human beings experience is being rejected. All of us tend to experience that. It flourishes very high when we go to job, to job searching experiences, if you remember, some of you remember that. Because the decision is you're in or you're out. And if you take it personal, that second job interview is going to be even more painful. Okay? And ultimately... We all come on Sunday because we want to answer that nagging question that keeps creeping up either consciously or unconsciously. Are we really loved? Are we really accepted? Are we really belong? And we come week after week to search and seek the answer. Love, live in love. And when you live in love, people can insult you. People can do all sorts of things. And you know what? You see Jesus in them. This week I had a a traffic situation where I I think it's called road rage. And I think I was the one that caused it. I don't know. I I I thought I had a lot, at least a half a mile, right in the connector coming out from my place. There's three lanes. I joined one. There's a semi in the other. I'm going to get in that one. And suddenly this other red truck is coming down about at 70 miles an hour at least. And he's right up my behind when I turn in. Well, he decides to beep the horn consistently all the way from Presbyterian Village up to Ostel. Bang. I kind of realized something was going on because I was singing and I was rejoicing in the Lord. <laughs> when, when I thought a tone in the music kind of kept on, I said, oh, that's somebody's beeping the horn. Well, we get to Ostel. The guy is already, I think he's going to turn south on Ostel. I'm going to go the other way. <laughs> and this other car stops right beside me between us. And the gentleman lowers, no, they wouldn't do this. We do this. <laughs> we don't do this, we do this. Uh, he lowers the window and he says, well, I couldn't hear, so I lower my window. And, and he says, sir, was that gentleman honking at you? 
is a, I didn't know I was that attractive uh, for him to be honking at me. I think he was, I said. And he says, you had enough space. He says, what does he care? And I told him, well, you know, I have a good life. I'm not going to get involved in his tornado. I don't know what's happening with him. I'll pray for him. And he looked at me and says, good. As I'm, lo- as I'm raising the window, he says, sir. And he pulls out his badge. I think I'm going to have a conversation with him. Thank you. When you live in love, you don't see the hate. You see the disturbance in the force. (laughs) You live in love. You see, you know why? Because love forgives everything. Love believes all. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. Love does not keep record of wrongs. We love the truth and rejoice in it.